This is the Mindful Experiment Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Vic. Excited that you're here. This podcast is all about diving deep into the mind and understanding this experiment or this game we call life. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The biggest battle we will ever have to face is the battle between you and you. It's the battle of taking your mind to that limit and then breaking through. On the Mindful Experiment podcast, we will share concepts, universal laws, and interviewing individuals who have done just that, who have gone through the dark times and through those moments allowed their light to shine bright. I'm your host, Dr. Vic Manzo, and I want to thank you for listening to the podcast and taking this journey with me as we discover different avenues to break through those limits, expand your reality, and evolve into the person you desire to be. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Today's podcast is brought to you by Athletic Greens, the most comprehensive daily nutritional beverage I have ever tried. There's so much going on in life, and there's a need for good nutrition for your body. You have to support when you give yourself good nutrition, you give your mind the same thing. And being a chiropractor and preaching and educating individuals on health on a consistent basis, I'm always looking for something that can help meet my demands and needs for my body from a nutritional standpoint so that I can continue to thrive in every aspect of my life, no matter what I do. And this is where I like Athletic Greens. It comes in, it's full spectrum nutrition, it's life-changing. They have an all-in-one superfood powder that hits your nutritional essence. It has things that I truly enjoy, like mushrooms and greens and antioxidants and other factors that I can get in, probiotics and prebiotics and so much more. It is one of the things with all the best things that they have put into the shake. 
So one taste of this Athletic Greens contains up to 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food sourced ingredients, including a multivitamin, a multimineral, probiotic, green superfood blend, and so much more to give you that gap, right? That's why they call them supplements. So it gives you that gap to help you with that, that aspect. And for me, especially when I'm on the road, this is my go-to to truly help give me my body and everything that I need to thrive in every aspect that I can. And what's great about the product is it's, it's a lifestyle friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, and contains less than one gram of sugar without compromising on its taste. And I must say, the taste is something that I was impressed with because I've taken a lot of different green products in my life. Again, I've been doing nutrition for 21 years, and this is one product that got the taste right, even with all the good, which I was shocked to see that. And right now, what Athletic Greens is doing is they're doubling down on supporting your immune system during the these times. And what they're offering is a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Visit athleticgreens.com forward slash mindful and get your free year of vitamin D and five free travel packs. This show is sponsored by Empower Your Reality. Empower Your Reality is an online consciousness school that is designed to help you elevate the mind, raise your consciousness, your vibration, to attract and create the reality of what it is that you desire. On Empower, at Empower Your Reality, we have books, we have online classes. You can find the podcast here on there and other things that can help you elevate and truly learn the art and the science of creating the reality of what it is that you want to experience in your life. So for more information to check out all that we're up to and what we're doing, please visit www.empoweryourreality.com. Now, back to the show. Hey, everyone. This is Dr. Vic, and you're listening to another episode here on The Mindful Experiment. I am excited to have on our next guest. Every Friday, we do an interview. We interview someone that relates to the mind, mindset, life, raising consciousness and awareness to how we can level up in our life. And this week, I had the distinct honor and pleasure of interviewing Todd Miller. He is a self-proclaimed tightwad who became financially free at the age 35. In this episode, we talk about everything from savings, how to become financially independent. We get into the aspect of what apps you can use to track things, what is an emergency fund, how to utilize an emergency fund, um, and so many other aspects when it comes to financial you know, freedom, tools that you can use to become free in your finances, and what are the biggest mistakes people make when it comes to becoming financially free and so much more. I had such a blast on this show, uh, and it's one of the things I'm excited to share with you guys. But just to give you a little background on Todd, after graduating cum laude with a degree in finance from the University of Florida, Todd started working for a Fortune Global 500 company. Less than, a year, less than a year later, he got laid off due to the Great Recession. During this difficult period, he committed to a living on his terms and becoming financially independent. Tom, Todd dreamed of working less, experiencing more, and spending time with the most important people in his life. For the next 11 years, he's worked in financial services, guiding thousands of people through the mortgage approval process. All the while, he saved, invested, and built passive income for the future. 
Then at 35, Todd accomplished his goal and became financially independent. He went on a bucket list of ventures around the world and eventually started tightwadtod.com. This coaching business is a way for him to follow another passion, helping others. Its mission is financial education so that everyone can achieve their goals faster, live free, and have more fulfilled lives. I promise in this episode, you are going to walk away with some sort of an insight to start something today to help you start this journey, just like Todd did, to become financially free. I look forward to to having here about what you guys have to say, but with no further ado, I don't want to take any more thunder away from Todd. Here is Todd Miller. Well, Todd, welcome to the show, my friend. Hey, Dr. Vic, man. Thanks for having me on. Really happy to to be here in a chat with you today. I I love how you became financially free at 35. You know, I bet you that that is just some awesome to have. And I think that is something that I'm excited to share with listeners to pick your brain and figure out ways for them, what they can do today to start making that move. So excited to have you on, man. And congrats on doing that, by the way. Yeah, man. Thank you so much. Yeah, I think uh, I think a lot of what I have to share today and a lot of my story is probably something that uh, a lot of people can relate to. So I uh, hope that, you know, they can pick up some valuable tips and uh, can kind of, you know, improve their financial life and, and start working to their dreams and, and reach them faster. Love it, man. So real quick, before we get in, my listeners know that the, 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 my, my subscribers know how I work. I want to know your story. What did you get into? How did you get into what you're doing today? What inspired you? Was it was it something like a, a straight road that just said, hey, this is where I'm going. This is what I'm doing. Or was it more like I'm going to go this route and then all of a sudden it bumps in the road, kind of world. Because, ah, I'm going to go over here, here. And you bounce around a little bit and then you say, here's where I'm at. Here's how I'm doing things. <laughs> You know, it's never a straight road, right? There's always, you know, bumps and cliffs and, you know, stuff that has to happen for you to, to make progress and to, to move forward in life. And that's, that's exactly what my story is, is like as well. Um, you know, I was taught from a young age that, you know, the, the natural progression um, is to, you know, get good grades in school. And if you get good grades in school, then, uh, then you can pick the college out that you want to go to. And then, you know, if you get good grades in college, then you're going to be able to get a good job. And that, that job, you know, you can, if you keep working hard there, then you'll move up the ranks and they'll kind of take care of you for, for as long as you want to be there. Um, so that's, that's kind of the, what I subscribe to as, as growing up. Um, so that's what I did. You know, I worked hard uh, and got into the college of my choice, went to the university of Florida and then, um, and then studied hard there and, and ended up graduating with honors um, but while I was in school, uh, I picked up a book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which really changed uh, the way that I thought about money and really the, the way that I thought about life. And in this book, he kind of goes into um, the way that most people use money, which is, you know, I'm going to I'm going to work hard at a, at a company. And then, you know, with the money that I make, I'm going to go out, I'm going to buy all these consumer goods or I'm going to buy a big house or a nice car. And then they kind of become trapped. Um, so I was like, yeah, you know, that makes, that makes some sense. I'd never really had heard it put that way. Um, so I got done reading that book and then I went and picked up the four hour work week. And then that one just like really like blew my mind in that there was people that were able to, to sustain and to, you know, have great incomes and great lives, but work significantly less than your traditional, you know, 40 or 50 hour, um, a week kind of a job. So that really kind of piqued my interest. And hey, that sounds like a, a, a good option. You know, you can really go out there and, and have some fun and goof off a lot. You know, that, that sounded like a lot more fun than 
you know, being stuck in a job for, you know, the next 40 or 50 years that, you know, maybe wasn't, wasn't the best fit for me. Um, so while I was in school, I started a couple of small businesses. Um, first one was that uh, I started buying and selling football tickets. So every year uh, the Gators always had a pretty good football team. So we'd end up going to a pretty good bowl game. Um, so I'd gather all my, my buddies, student IDs and go down to the ticket office and buy a bunch of student tickets and then put them up on eBay and, uh, and sell, them, sell them that way and make a nice little profit. And I got into doing the same thing with textbooks and eventually got into cell phones. Um, so I always had a little bit of an entrepreneurial kind of a, a mindset there um, and, and seeing how I could, could make some money and have a little hustle there. Um, but as I was kind of going through this process of buying the, the football tickets and everything, I learned that, you know, the more that I could save, the more that I could invest. And if I had more money to invest, then I'd, ha- I'd be able to earn more money and then kind of kind of keep moving through this process over and over and kind of kind of grow the business. Um, so that's kind of kind of what I did. Um, so I was working on these businesses for, you know, maybe about two or three years and then it came time to graduate. Um, so I did and graduated with honors and ended up getting a job with a Fortune Global 500 company. Um, and, you know, that was that was, you know, really the dream that I was after. That was, you know, um, what my parents kind of set me up for. So they were proud of me. I felt proud and uh, and was was ready to, you know, head off to this new job. So. I'm on this new job for about eight months, and this is right before the Great Recession starting to hit. And suddenly, I get laid off, um, you know, with really no real warning. Um, so it really, really kind of pushed me back and, and sent me to a place where I had to, you know, do some real personal reflection on, hey, you know, this is this is how I've viewed life, and this is how life is supposed to go. You're supposed to work hard and then get the job and then the company will take care of you forever. But that just wasn't my experience. You know, I had, I suddenly got laid off. I'm, you know, kind of feeling lost going through, you know, some tough times on, Hey, where, where do I go from here? What do I do next? And that really pushed me into um, learning about personal finance and, and learning to push myself out of my comfort zone in order to get the things that I wanted out of life. And I didn't want to be reliant on a job any longer. I wanted to be able to control my finances and control my lifestyle so that I could live life however I saw fit. That sounded like a, a better option to me. Um, so I ended up getting another job and, and moving um, to a different, different city. I ended up moving to Jacksonville, Florida. And I took a job in mortgage banking, which is really out of my comfort zone because I'm, I'm more of an introverted kind of a person. So I took a job in sales um, just because I was like, hey, you know, if, if, if in order to get the, the things that I want, I really need to push myself outside of this comfort zone. Um, so I recognized that and, and knew that that's what I needed to do. So in the process of, uh, of helping people get approved for mortgages over the next uh, several years, um, I looked at really thousands of people's financial situations, and it really reinforced a lot of the things that I had been reading in books like The Millionaire Next Door, in that there's a lot of people in the world that make you know hundreds of thousands of dollars every year, but they also have hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt. You know, They really don't have anything to show for it for all the hard work um, that they put in. They essentially are trapped in, in what uh, Robert Kiyosaki would call the rat race. And they're just kind of spinning their wheels over and over. They have to work. They have to earn in order to pay 
pay these bills and things that they had. Um, so looking at, at money from that perspective, I was like, well, you know, the, the really the only way that, that you build wealth is living below your means. And the further that you live below your means, the more money that you can save. And the more money that you can save, the more money that you can invest and earn. And that's kind of what I was interested in, because, again, my goal here was to become financially free. So I started investing in, um, in some private mortgages. I had some friends that were uh, flipping houses um, as we were coming out of the Great Recession. So they would buy properties and fix them up and sell them. And I would be kind of like the bank for them. Um, so we did that for a little bit and that worked out well. And I, I thought, hey, these guys aren't that much smarter than me. So let me go see if I can do the same thing. So I went out and bought a couple of houses and, and fixed them up and rented a couple out, sold a couple and started building up this passive income. Um, so did that for the, for the next several, several years as, um, as the market was starting to turn around. Um, but of course, it's not always, you know, uh, rainbows and sunshine. There's got to be some bumps in the road. Um, so oddly enough, in, in one of the first houses that I bought, um, I, I moved the tenants in like on a Friday night. And then on Saturday morning, they called me and the house was flooding. So picture, you know, um, water running out of uh the the front door <laughs> and I and I can remember pulling up as a as like a new landlord and just being like oh my gosh I don't even know what the heck to do from here um, so I had a lot of experiences like that with you know having to evict some people and and dealing with tenant tenant damage and house floods and that sort of thing uh, but I also was had a major major life event happen um, in my late twenties my dad died really unexpectedly. And that had a huge impact on me and, you know, really told me that, hey, life is life is short. If you want to do something, you need to go do it now because tomorrow is never promised. So that really helped to fuel my fire, so to speak, not to waste my best years sitting behind a desk. That if I really wanted to go out and do the things that I dreamed about, which was, you know, traveling, having bucket list adventures all around the world and creating really meaningful relationships with people that I needed to go ahead and, you know, go all in, so to speak. So that's what I did. Um, you know, I got got really, uh, really focused on on my budgeting and my saving and my investing and um, eventually was able to get to the point where I had enough passive income um, that it replaced the, the money that I was making from my sales job. So that allowed me to quit. And so as kind of my reward, my fiance and I took the next year and went traveling around the world. Um, we went and, uh, and walked uh, the Camino de Santiago across northern Spain, which is like a 550 mile walk. And that was really cool and something that we wouldn't have been able to do had, uh, had I had a corporate job. And same thing, you know, we went and, uh, and went to the Tour de France and met some friends um, in Brussels to watch the Tour de France. Um, so we bounced around Europe for about three and a half months and then eventually made our way over to, to Asia and hung out in Asia for about five and a half months before uh, COVID started popping up. But, um, you know, while we were over there, I got to surf at world-class uh, surf breaks. Um, got to go on a, a motorbike trip around northern Thailand, and we hung out in Bali for for about a month and a half, and just had a really you know great time and and all these wonderful memories and experiences. But 
all while I was gone, I was, you know, I was thinking, man, you know, this is a great life, but I can't do this forever. You know, I have to feel like there's purpose to my life and, and purpose in what I'm doing. So I really started looking at, um, at what was next for me. And I realized that, um, that you know, I'd, I'd spent, you know, the, the previous 15 years really studying personal finance and I really enjoyed helping others. And that led me to start a money coaching business where I can help other people um, kind of learn from the mistakes that I've made so that they can go on to reach their own financial goals, their own life dreams faster. And, um, and so that's what, what brings me to, to here today is, you know, that's, that's exactly what I want to do. You know, I want other people to have the, uh, the experiences and, and the life fulfillment um, so that they, they can, you know, just, just spend more of their time, however they choose to see fit, uh, which I think ultimately brings uh, fulfillment for them. I love that. And there's so much elements to your stories. I can ask a thousand questions, <laughs> not a thousand, but you know, I have a lot of questions I can get into, but I love how you brought up the, the, the four hour work week. I mean, that book for me was a game changer. Um, you know, being a chiropractor, there's, you know, we have our own like, you know, systems of beliefs of like, oh, this is what you have to do to be this way. This is how you have to be open here. If you want to be a family practice, you got to have these hours and all these things that I was told. And I was like, hold up, <clears throat> I'm reading a book here that says I can limit my time and maximize my time. And I'm all about maximizing time. That's what I do with my coaching clients. But I was like, hold up, there's got to be something that I can do with my office to maximize my time. And it's been fascinating because I've taken a 24 hour work week and took it down to 16 hours. And that's just me being in the office adjusting. But uh, but the key thing is I was able to maximize my time as best as I can to serve my patients while doing other, giving myself the opportunity to do other things or just to have more freedom with my wife uh, or things along that nature. So I love how you brought that up because it, it really truly um, is a game changer. And for individuals who think we have to always work hard and grind out and hustle, I mean, there's, there's, there's rewards for hard work, but I don't think we have to kill ourselves to get to that level. Exactly. Yeah. I think, uh, I think a lot of in today's, you know, American culture, it is a lot of, you know, glamorizing the, the grind, which, you know, there is a, of course an element to the grind, but there, there has to be an, an ending point to the grind too, that so that you can enjoy the fruits of your labor. Um, so I think that that's something that, that a lot of people need to, you know, maybe more have more awareness with that, you know, they're, they're working hard and I, you know, I appreciate hard work. I do the same thing. But there also has to be time for play. And, you know, that's something that Americans, I think, really struggle with. But a lot of the rest of the world, you know, they kind of look at Americans like, why are you guys working so hard? You know, why don't you go and enjoy life and goof off and have some fun? Because um, I think that, you know, a lot of us get sucked into our professional careers and we kind of forget about, you know, having fun and goofing off, which is an important part of productivity and being able to, to get away and to, to refocus as well. I love that. And I, you know, being Italian, I have a lot of family in Italy and they, they always, you know, they'll look and be like the way the Italian culture is, is like, Oh, uh, we will, we'll work. Like if you go to, I don't know if you've been in Italy, but if you go to a restaurant um, and, and for Americans, they get frustrated because you're going to be there for like three, three, four hours. Cause they're not going to just rush to serve you. They'll, they'll serve <laughs> you when they serve you. It's a, and it's a fascinating thing when people come back and like patients might be like, what's Italy, but the restaurants, man, some of them are like, we had to wait. I, we didn't understand. I'm like, 
you got to understand you're in the Italian culture. <laughs> culture. We don't rush for things. We enjoy our meals. Although I don't practice that I'm an Italian American. So I took the American side of me, but it's one of those things where it's, uh, it's fascinating how as a, an American culture, we're all about, you know, work hard, grind hard, less sleep is more, right? You sleep when you, you you're going to rest when you die. So just cr- crank it out while you're at it. Exactly. Exactly. What would you say? I love how you brought up. <clears throat> I love your story of, you know, renting homes. Did you just say you did some flipping homes too, correct? Yeah, correct. Awesome. What would you say for, and I'm just, I'm in the business right now. We did my wife and I during COVID, uh, we've always had a vision of uh, starting like an investment company to where we can flip homes. We can also rent them. And we're, we've gone many different areas. And when COVID came, we kind of like really analyzed our life and said, well, this is how life is right now. Um, we need to have other multiple streams of income. I was like, we, how about we invest? We, we let, let's get something small. We'll start small. And I'm like, in the worst case scenario, we rent. Um, what are the pros and cons, in your opinion, to for those who are interested in flipping or renting and so forth? What are the pros and cons to renting versus flipping? Or is it just the, the, the tool? It's like a tool. You can use it either way. Or is there like one way doing it this way versus another? Yeah, I think a lot of it comes down to, you know, what are your goals? Um, Are you trying to generate a profit so that you can um, acquire a rental? I think think most people that are buying rental properties are trying to to achieve the point of financial freedom. They're trying to have these other income sources that will allow them more freedom in their life. Um, So that's, you know, that's one avenue to do it. The other avenue is, is potentially to invest in the flips where, you know, you're, you're putting in a lot of money, you're putting in some, some work and dealing with contractors. And then, you know, at the end of the day, hopefully you turn a, a good profit. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, I also think a lot of flippers end up getting caught in the flipping business where they're just buying and rehabbing and selling properties over and over. There's no real freedom, um, which, which is fine. It's just, it really depends on what it is that you're after and what you want. So I, I found that doing a combination of both was important because, you know, you need the down payment most of the time to be able to buy the rentals, to be able to have the cash flow. So where do you get the the down payment money from? Well, you can do it, you know, the way I did it, which was living below my means and saving, but you also can add in the flipping element where you're investing in these properties that you're generating these, these profits when you sell and that you're reinvesting those into, you know, uh, into the rental properties to build up the passive income. So I think it really just depends on, you know, what are your long-term goals with, uh, with, with real estate? I love that. And the way I kind of look at it is like, I do a lot of trading. Well, I do some trading in the, the cryptocurrency market, I've been doing it for a few years and it's where I have, and I always tell people like the way I view it is kind of like, and, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I have like long terms that I hold. I don't touch. I, I buy them and I just let them sit and let them grow and do their thing. And then I have short term to me, short term is like flips, right? Because the short term, I make more in the short term because of um, you know, coins, if I catch them at the right time and the right pricing, I can make a nice chunk of money very quick. And then I reinvest that into my long terms. Um, and I continue to do that where I, to me, rentals is more of a long-term effect where this is where financial income, financial freedom comes down the road where, you know, you're making a certain amount of money every month. Um, and it's just accumulating that long-term slow growing profit where, the flip is more of that. If you do it right, you can make a nice chunk of cash or a profit to utilize into reinvesting there while you're also building the, the long-term effect. Does that kind of hit the mark there? 
Yeah, I think so. So, I mean, it sounds like you're kind of implementing the strategy of buying on the dips, knowing, you know, recognizing mm-hmm. when there's value to, to buy and that's, you know, there's a good indication that you're going to be able to make a quick profit, so to speak on that. Yep. But you also recognize that there are more st- stable assets that are um, going to trend in the upward direction. So it's, it's beneficial for your long-term wealth. As we hope sometimes. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Especially in the crypto market, it's not as much, it's not as slow moving as like uh, uh, the regular stock market. Cause it's like, I'll joke with friends sometimes. They'll be like, how are you doing in there? I'm like, I'm down 30%. Like 30%. Oh my God. I'm like, oh, that's normal. They're like, what do you mean that's normal? I'm like, oh yeah, it'll be back up. Talk to me in a month. And they're like, what? And I'm like, yeah, just talk to me in a month. We'll, we'll chat then. Um, I love it. So one of the things that I always was, I always thought, you know, that you had to make a lot, a lot of money to be financially free. Um, I've learned and I've done because one of my biggest limit belief systems, is, you know, I had a lot of negative belief systems with money. I grew up in that world. I've come from blue collar family, paycheck to paycheck, um, you know, a lot of negative connotations or belief systems with money, like money, money, money likes money. Money only goes to money, like all these different kind of concepts. Do you have to make a lot of money? I know you brought this up already, but I'm in, a, in your story. But do you have to make a tons of money or are there ways that you can create your own freedom where um, like what's the process to get to that financial freedom that you achieved? Yeah, so I think that that is, you know, a common commonality that a lot of people think is that you have to make a lot of money in order to be able to save money. Um, But usually what ends ends up happening is that as people's income increase, also their consumption goes up as well, which is essentially what you may hear as of as uh, as lifestyle creep. So, you know, you're you're working for a company, uh, the company, you know, gives you a new job or you get a promotion or something. So you end up making more money. Well, what most people do is once they're making more money, they go out and they start start spending this raise that they got. So, you know, if you if you get a big raise, well, then maybe you also um, get a promotion and now, you know, you're in management or something like that. So now you feel like you need to go and buy a nicer house or you need to live in a certain area of town because that's what all the other managers do. So you want to you know, you want to kind of fit in with them. Um, so you, most people end up spending a lot of this a lot of this money um, without even realizing, you know, the long term implications of it. But I think that, um, you know, if you essentially what it comes down to, what building wealth comes down to is is saving money and living below your means, um, you know, putting things in place so that you're not experiencing uh, complete lifestyle inflation that, you know, maybe when you get a raise, you take a certain percentage of it to increase your income, but you also take a certain percentage of it to increase your savings rate or the amount of money that you're putting away that you have to invest so that you can put the, the money that you're saving into the investments, you know, whatever your vehicle is, whether it's real estate or stocks or cryptos, then, you know, that gives you more money, to, more money to, to play with and to grow and to compound into larger, larger amounts, which essentially allows you to hit the point of freedom that much more quickly. I love that. Cause I think, you know, when it comes to, um, you know, having, how much important is it to have, like, you know, a lot of people talk about, having multiple streams of income and, and things along that nature. Um, and is it, how can someone, let's say there's someone who has, they live day to day, they have a job that's their main source of income. 
what are some things that they can do to strategize what you just said, right? Living below the means, savings, but then how can they also, how, how can utilizing, let me put it, let me rephrase that. <laughs> I'm trying to answer, I'm trying to ask this question so specific, but it's basically looking at like, for example, this is my day-to-day job. This is what I do, right? I make this money. It covers my bills and this is how I'm living the means of my life, but I can't really save as much. Um, obviously you can cut expenses or things like that, but where, how about with multiple streams of income? What if they say, well, how can I start creating another source of income to generate another nest egg or to start to create a building of the savings that we're talking about? Yeah. So I think uh, what you what you're essentially alluding to is we'll talk about kind of budgeting here because um, we're talking about income and we're talking about spending, which is essentially your budget, which allows you to save. So if you know, there's, there's, really two main ways to increase the amount of money that you save. And the first one that I kind of subscribe to is lowering your expenses. So if you can, you know, lower your expenses from what you're spending now, you're going to save more money. You know, that's just the way the math works. Um, The other one is, you know, you can go in and you can find ways to make more money. So, you know, you can find another stream of income, whether that's a side hustle or, you know, investing in dividend stocks or, or real estate or what have you. Um, so, you know, if, you're in, if your consumption is the same and the amount of money that you're spending is level, but you're increasing your income, that of course is going to uh, increase your savings as well. But when you do both simultaneously, that's when you really see the, the exponential gains in the amount of money that you're saving and have to invest. So if you can go in and find ways to reduce your spending, and we're not talking about, you know, cutting out the things that you really bring you happiness in life. I think it's it's extremely important to, to use your money on the things that bring you happiness. But there's more than likely, or I would say, you know, for everyone out there, we all have uh, habitual spending where we just spend because this is what we've always done. You know, we always stop at Starbucks on the way to work and that's just what we do. Um, but it, it's really analyzing where your money's going and what you're using it to. And is it really bringing you the amount of amount of happiness? And are you using money in a way that's aligned with your priorities and what you want out of life? So I think once you really can, can see where your money is going, then you can evaluate each category and you can say, Hey, I'm spending a lot of money here, but I'm not really getting that much, you know, satisfaction from it. Um, I know when, when I originally went through this, you know, in my, in my twenties, um, you know, I spent a lot of money at bars and restaurants, you know, going out, going out to eat and going out for drinks with friends. And, and then when I really stopped and looked at how much money I was spending there, I was like, man, this is not aligned with who I am, who I want to be and what I'm working towards. So, you know, what if I was to re- reduce the amount that I spend here? Am I really going to notice that big of, um, uh, you know, of a change in my well-being? And I, d- I decided that I wouldn't. Um, and it didn't, it it wasn't a big deal because, you know, that was, you know, less time that I was spending at a bar. Um, you know, maybe, maybe I could use that time more productively, whether it was sleeping or working on a business or something like that to really get what I wanted. Um, so that's, that's what worked for me. But of course, you know, the other side of the coin is what can you do to make more money? And, you know, multiple streams of income is, is certainly one option, you know, talking to your boss and convincing them that, hey, it's time for a raise. 
Uh, that's another or shop in the marketplace to see what you're, what you're worth um, and what another company will pay you. You know, that's another way to do it as well. But making more money is, is not always the answer because again, it comes back to this lifestyle creep thing where you have to have the financial discipline to say, no, you know, I'm, I'm not going to consume more. I'm going to work towards, you know, my financial goals and my dreams and what I want out of life. I love it. And I totally agree with you there. You got to find your means first. When it comes to the, the expense side of things, are there something that you recommend for your clients and so forth, like an app or um, what is something that can really keep a good gauge on things when it comes to someone's expenses? Yeah. So I use, uh, I use personal capital um, it, and there's a bunch of similar ones out there um, like Mint and you need a budget and, and some other things, but it just really links up all of your accounts into one area um, and allows you to see essentially the money that you have coming in, the money that you have going out, and more importantly, the money that you have going out, what categories is it going to? And once you start seeing, you know, your habits, then you then you can have this conversation and this reflection with yourself on, you know, is this, is this the most productive use of my money? Is this really bringing me the amount of happiness that, that I think it should? And that allows you to prioritize your, your spending into other areas that will, you know, bring you greater joy and bring you ha- more happiness, which is essentially um, why I think we, we work for money. You know, money is, is, a means for us to, to feel good and to feel happy and, and to experience joy. Now, this is the personal, can you use this also for business or is there other apps to help for like, let's say for businesses? Cause I'm always each year, every six months to a year, I'm like, where can I turn fat? Where can I clean some things up so that we can be more efficient in what we do uh, for the business owners listening? Uh, do these apps work? Or are there other apps that you recommend for business side of things? Yeah, no, I have everything linked up through personal capital. So that's business business um, accounts as well, um, which I think is is super easy because you you can essentially just look in and say, here here's my my business revenue, here's my business expenses, this is how we're doing, you know, everything looks good, and you can really do this in the matter of you know of minutes. Um, so I think it, it gives you a real clear snapshot as far as what you have going on in your personal or business life. Love that. Now, I know there's a lot of strategies out when it comes to savings. Um, uh, and I've read a lot of different books, but I want to, you're, you're the guy here. I want to ask you, is there a certain percentage ratio that someone should save? Like I've learned that, uh, you know, like the culture of the Chinese, they save about 30% on average, their money, no matter what. I mean, I even know some of them, I have one of my, my one of my best friends, he's, he's Chinese and he'll be like, we save, this is what we do. Um, and we'll, we, no matter what we're putting into our savings and some people will even say is go as far, which I don't recommend. And I probably assuming you will just say the same thing. They'll go into debt more than say, and then they'd rather save because that's how much they value. But what is like a good percentage ratio, if you even recommend it when it comes to saving when, in building up your savings? Yeah, it's tough because um, personal finance is personal. So what I think is acceptable, you know, isn't going to be acceptable to somebody else and and vice versa. Um, But it really comes down to a function of your goals and when you want to achieve those goals. Um, You know, if you're on a tight tight timeline and you have some really aggressive goals, well, that's going to require you to save more money. Um, But if, you know, if you're thinking, 10 or 20 or 30 years out, well, then you don't have to be as aggressive with, with your savings. It really just comes down to, you know, 
which you, which you, how you envision your life and, and when you want those big milestones and things to happen. Um, but I would say a good rule of thumb for most people is to start at at least 10%. You know, once you get to 10%, then you can really start seeing the magic of seeing your savings accounts grow and, and seeing your investments start to start to work for you. And I think once you see that you're not physically spending your time uh, making money and that your money is starting to make money for you, then that's slowly when the light bulb starts to come on and you, and you start realizing the power of, of investing and the power of your money compounding for you. Um, but then again, you know, if, if you are thinking that, Hey, you know, financial independence, that's, that's what I need. That's, that's, that sounds, you know, like a dream come true. Well, that's going to require a lot more than 10%. You know, maybe that's going to require 30 or 35%. You know, you're going to have to have to make some short-term cuts, so to speak, in order to have those long-term gains. I love that. Now that makes perfect sense. I think, and I love the individual part that you bring to the table, right? How aggressive do you want to be and how, how much can you be, right? Because uh, if, if you're barely, you know, getting by paying paycheck to paycheck, you slim your expenses and it's like, okay, this is what I'm going to use for this. Um, which I think is very, very um, critical when it comes to that kind of concept. Do you advise your clients to have like certain bank accounts for certain things? And what I mean by that is like, obviously a checking, there's an expense account, there's a savings account. I don't even, I don't even know if you go this specific, but I'm just curious. I'm picking your brain again. I'm just curious myself. <laughs> um, and, but do you also have it where they have like, let's say you want to, you know, build up an account where if this is, this account's dedicated for you to make more money down the road, that like and make it work on its own. Um, how do you, is there ways and in, in, in way you strategize? Do you do stuff like that for your clients? And if so, what, what does that look like? Yeah, I certainly do. It's, it, again, a lot of it comes down to people's goals and what they have. Uh, everybody's financial situation is different, um, is, is definitely one thing that I've learned as, as being a banker for 10 plus years is um, we all have our own thoughts about money, our own feelings about money, which drives a lot of the behavior and, and things that, that we do with our money. Um, so it really, really comes down to each individual. But yes, I think, you know, it's important to have, have money in an account that you don't touch, which we would call like your emergency fund. That's just there for when life happens and that you just, you need it. It's kind of like, I know I'm going to spend this money. It's really just a matter on what and when this event happens that I'm going to need it for. For me, it was was getting laid off. So, you know, I, I needed a couple of months of living expenses as I was redefining how I wanted to live life and what I wanted to pursue next. Um, so once you really have the the account set up for like your oh shit moments, then uh, then you can can start focusing on on other goals, whether that's you know paying off debt or saving money for future large expenses. You know, you know that you're your car is going to break down at some point in time and um, that you're going to need money to, to buy a new one. So do you start a, a little sinking fund or, or a reserve fund um, to start planning for those purchases down the road? Um, or do you start, you know, putting money into an account so that you can start buying different types of investments? Or do you just go ahead and, and say, Hey, I have a hundred bucks. Let me go buy a hundred dollars worth of stock right now. Um, it really just depends on, again, everybody being different. Um, but, you know, I think, it, I think you do need to have different types of accounts for different purposes that it, it gets really confusing um, to understand, you know, 
what your money is doing when it's just in a, in a big pile. Um, and, and it feels good to have the big pile, but you don't really know what it's for. You know, you don't, it doesn't have its intended purpose. Um, and I think that that's, that's part of it is making sure that your money does have a purpose so that you know, Hey, this money is earmarked for when my, my car breaks down or this money is earmarked for my vacation so that, you know, when it's time to go ahead and book, Hey, that money's, that money's there. And I don't have to uh, feel the pinch of trying to find the money to, to pay for these, these experiences and these expenses that I know are coming down the road. I love that. When it comes to emergency funds, I've heard many, many different strategies, two months, three months, six months. What is like a ballpark that you kind of recommend for your clients? Yeah, I would say four months is probably a good place to start. Um, it really depends on uh, you know your job and, and how safe and secure you think your job is. Um, you know, I, I do work with some some military families, so obviously their situation is going to be different than somebody uh, in corporate America or somebody that's in a sales job where their income fluctuates a lot more. Um, but yeah, once once you kind of have that four month kind of a worth of expenses set aside, I think you're in a pretty good spot. Um, I think in a lot of ways, if something negative happens, you're probably going to look for ways to, to tighten your budget because you know that, Hey, you know, you're going through a, a tough, tough little, um, little spot in life. So you'll probably decrease your, your spending further below what you normally do. Um, so yeah, I think four months is, is probably a good spot for most people to be. Awesome. And when it comes to, you know, like I was, um, T. Harv Ecker, he talked about like having, uh, I forgot his book, Millionaire Mindset, I think it is. Uh, it's been a while since I've read it. But long story short, he'll talk about having a play account. Is Do you you talk about with, you know, with having like play accounts to enjoy life and do something like when it adds up to a certain amount, like my wife and I have one. And when it comes to uh, once it gets to a certain level or sometimes we don't even pay attention to it. Then all of a sudden we're like, Hey, we haven't done anything like nice and fancy once in a while. Let's go see what's in the play account. And we look and we're like, wow, we saved up a lot in here. All right, let's go ahead and let's go do something fun that we would never do on the norm. And it's living more like that luxury experience. Uh, it's designed to be spent. It's not designed to be saved. Do you recommend something like that to your clients? Or is that something that you're like, you know, it's more of, cause I met different, I have friends in the financial industry too. And there's some of them are like, no, you could do a little bit of that, but you want to stay within your means. You don't do this and you save, 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 and you build and invest and compound or some are like, you do all that and you got to have a little fun in the process. Dude, you got to have fun in the process, man. You know, it's, uh, you know, most people are on the, on this financial journey towards what we would call financial independence or retirement. And, you know, this is not a, a quick journey. You know, this is for most people is going to take decades upon decades to get there. So I can't imagine, you know, living my entire life and not having any fun along the way. Um, you know, I think back to, to, some of my coworkers, um, you know, who unexpectedly, you know, had heart attacks and died while I was, while I was working my corporate job. And, you know, I couldn't imagine, you know, slaving away day in and day out and just hoping that, you know, one day you're finally going to be able to enjoy life. I mean, that sounds, that sounds pretty miserable to me. Um, thinking of my own experiences, you know, I, th I think that I, we use a play account mainly for, for like travel. And, and for me, I have my own personal play account um, for like work, working out because those are things that I've learned that really bring us joy. And so I have no problem spending heavily in those areas because I know I'm creating memories. I know that 
these are memories that I'm going to be able to live over and over again. And that just brings me a lot of joy in, in experiencing new cultures and, and meeting new people. Um, so I think it's, it's extremely important to figure out what it is that brings you happiness and what, what it is that brings you joy and to make it a point to spend heavily in those areas. Because what's, what's the point of being here? The point of life is really not to accumulate money. Um, I think the point of life is, is for you to use money in order to make yourself happy, in order to make others happy, and in order to make and leave the world a better place. Love that, man. You got to have fun along the way. I, I, I agree with you 100%. That's what we use it for, too. It's like when we have enough in there, we're like, hey, let's go take a trip or let's go down here and let's just have fun. And it's all about creating those experiences, really, which I love how you, you, you shared that with all that. With all your success that you've had, how can you tie it back? Is there Because I've, I've learned, I've studied a lot of uh, Michael Jordan is one of the biggest people that I've studied tremendously and very deeply to understand how he became one of the, in my opinion, probably one of the best, if not the best athlete of all time with, and I, it's hard to say that because every, I believe every industry has their, or every profession in sports has their own, um, you know, everything's different, but his mindset just fascinated me. And it was easy to break his success down to a few different things. Um, with your successes, is it one thing, is there a couple things that you can do to say, to help all the listeners be like, yeah, this is what I did. And this is what I did consistently. And this is how I got to the success that I needed. Yeah, definitely. And, and I'm a big Michael jo Jordan fan as well. I grew up in North Carolina and uh, I was always a big uh, Tar Heel fan. So uh, so definitely fell into to Michael Jordan. And then I'm sure you watched uh, his documentary as well, didn't you? Oh, of course I did. Brought back, you know, and it brought back memories. I watched him as I'm, you know, from Chicago, so I, I you know, uh, watched him when I was young. But I was young then. I mean, what ninety eight? I was uh, in eighth grade. So you know, then I got to see this the history again at a different perspective of my life going back, and I was like, wow, okay, this took it to a whole nother level. So it was kind of cool. Yeah, no, I, I was the same way. I was like, man, I remember watching this game and I think we had some some TV, you know, kind of hooked up through the cigarette lighter in the car because we were out at like one of my brother's soccer games or something like that. And I was like, man, I can remember watching this and going crazy when he hit the shot, you know, so it's kind of kind of cool to, to reminisce on that. Um, but I think where most people really need to start. Um, as far as, you know, uh, working towards what it is that they want is they need to, to really define what success means to them. Uh, society has, has definitely told us what success means in the far of, in the way of consumption and spending and that, you know, as long as you're buying and, and consuming more and that you're buying the nicer house and, and the bigger car, well, then you're successful. Um, but I don't really look at it that way. Um, I think that uh, once you define what success means to you, which for me was time freedom and being able to, to wake up on a random Tuesday morning. And if, if I felt like heading down to the beach, then that was cool. You know, I, I, I could go do that. And if that's if I felt like going for a long run on you know, a random Wednesday afternoon, then that's cool, too, because that, that allowed that brought me the joy and that that allowed me to feel the success of, um, of what I'd worked so hard for. So I think for a lot of people, it is really defining your own version of success and then, you know, really digging in deep into your own feelings and emotions about why you want that success and what that looks like. Um, because, of course, there's going to be, you know, heartaches and there's going to be difficulties along the, the way to, to your dreams. And you're going to have to reconnect with why you're chasing them 
in the first place. And that why kind of put, helps push you through those, those hard moments. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of, it's what you're sharing is like what I kind of share in the mindset world and achieving what it is you desire. And I work with clients, I talk about vision and all these things. And I say, if you're not where you are, it's because of distractions. And I think uh, in the financial world, I, I see distractions as like expenses, things that you're wasting that you probably don't need, or you're living over your means or X, Y, Z, or I love how you brought up because this was my mentality growing up too. Uh, where it was like, well, yeah, when you, your success is based on what you drive, the car you have, the clothes you wear and all these different things. And then you get to the point where you're just like, yeah, no, that's not me. That's not, you know, defining <laughs> what success means. Right. So some people like, I, it's funny when a patient will see me sometimes outside of work and they're like, oh, I didn't even recognize you. And I'm like, I'm just a sweatpants and a t-shirt guy. I like to be comfortable. That's all I care about. Um, you know, and it's one of those things and in, in having the, the nicest car or something, it doesn't even matter. Cause it's like, no matter, I remember, I can't remember what I was reading, but it was like, no matter what car you have, Lamborghini or no offense, anyone has like a, uh, what is it? Uh, oh, uh, can't forget the name. Anyhow, a uh, very least expensive car, whatever that matters. It's still going from point A to point B, no matter what, you know, and it's just how, what you want, what you define and your choice of what it is. And it's kind of like, um, I remember someone asked me like, do you drive a Mercedes or a BMW? And I was like, no, they're like, why not? You can't afford it. I was like, no, I can afford it. I just don't, I care less. I'm a truck guy. That's all I care about. I want to have a nice pickup truck and I'm happy <laughs> with life, you know? And I'm like, I don't care about anything else. I'm like, really? I'm like, yeah, that's it. I'm a truck guy. That's all I care. I, I have a pickup truck. I enjoy it. I love it. I'll never get another car. Maybe, maybe 15 years down the road or 20 years down the road. I was like, but this is it. I'm happy where I'm at. But it's knowing those means, and I love how you you bring that part up and uh, and defining your success and so forth in that process. Yeah, I think I think you do make a good point because um, I think uh, with with all the marketing and advertisements that we're exposed to, uh, we begin to think that certain products are you know kind of like status products or success products. So that if you buy them, then the world looks at you as successful. Which, which, you know, um, you know, when you buy the item, I'm, it usually gives you those feelings of, man, I made it or I feel really good about this purchase. But the thing is, is that with a lot of these, these purchases that we make, the, the feel good feelings and the happy feelings that they provide really fade in a matter of weeks. And so you end up uh, in a lot of cases, people end up, you know, with, uh, with let's just say a, a large BMW car payment. And, you know, sooner or later, the BMW is, is just a habit. It's not, it doesn't provoke the same feelings it did when you first bought it. So you just kind of revert back to this baseline happiness. Um, so, you know, I think when you start realizing that everything that you buy or most things that you buy, you know, it gives you some degree of happiness when you buy it, but then slowly that fades over time. And in, in a lot of the consumer mentality is that, you know, we keep thinking that, that, you know, the more that we buy, the more happiness we're going to have, which is true to a degree. But then, of course, you reach this point of enough, um, which is where you, you have everything that you need and then some. And, and then you get to the point of overconsumption, which is essentially where you're just wasting money and the things that you're buying are not providing you uh, any value, they really just become like a pain in the butt because now you got, you know, uh, a car that's breaking down or, or two cars and, and you can only drive one, but you still have the car payment and the maintenance and everything that goes along with it. Um, so I think, I think really just looking and defining 
what success is for you and then realizing that it's okay to stop. You don't have to keep buying and consuming uh, because that's, that's what you see all over the TV and all over Instagram. So true, man. So true in so many ways. And I bet you see it a lot because I see it in people in the financial world where they'll be like, uh, I'll see a video or uh, image and they're looking at what car they're driving and like, hey, look, I'll show you how to be at where I'm at or how I'm here. And I'm always like, man, if they just understand that success is not all about that. But then again, that's my definition. Um, Yeah. There you so, go. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I I, ha- I grew up again different mindset with money, and then it was like I thought what success was, and when I got to that point, then all of a sudden I'm like, I'm not happy. Like this is providing nothing for me from a substance level, a soul level, a deep purpose level, and I was like, Mm-mm. I'd rather have less and live the process in life that I want than to be at the level I was. Exactly. Yeah. That's that's what I went through too. Is I just found that you know a lot of these purchases that that um, advertising and, and things said was going to make me happy. They didn't, they didn't bring the amount of happiness that, that I thought that they should, but I found my happiness came from the experiences that I was having. It was from, you know, going on the traveling, it was going out and having a really hard workout or something like that. That's what, what brought me happiness, happiness and made me feel good. So that's kind of where I started directing my money in, instead of what, um, what the advertising and the marketing told me I should be buying. I love that. Sometimes my wife will look at me crazy and be like, you have no problem spending on health products and health things. And I'm like, well, it gives me a revert return on investment. I mean, I'm a, I'm a chiropractor. I've been in a profession for a while. I'm a, I'm a health nut, if you want to call it that. And I'm like, I'm always <laughs> looking for things that I can, not always, but I'm always, the things I have, I'm like, okay, when, what, you know, here's the next level of a product I want to get. This is what it's going to do for me. This is how it's going to help. And this is what's going to add to our life. So, and then I'm like, when the time comes, I get it. And she's always just like, yeah, you don't, you have no question. But then when it comes to like her going to shop at Target or something, I'm like, why are you spending money there? Why, why are you waiting? It's, it's so small of a percentage, so small it's of what I'm interested in. And she's like, I, I, this is what about, this is what I care about. I'm like, hold on, but that doesn't, <laughs> anyway, exactly. I, I digress, but um, real quick that this was a lot of fun. I want to know really quick for all the listeners, how they can connect with you, follow you, contact you, see what you're up to and so much more. Yeah, definitely. The best place for people to connect with me is, is through my website. And my website is tightwad Todd. It's all one word, and really, it's focused on everything that has to do with with money. Um, so it'll be, uh, you know, how can you reduce your expenses? How can you make more money? How can you invest? Um, so I encourage everybody to go check out the website. I currently have a, a free resource up there, um, which talks about uh, the chart that I saw in my early twenties, which caused me to change the way that I managed money. Um, so go check that out. Also I'm on social media. Everything is basically tight wide Todd. Um, so, you know, feel free to connect with me and I'd, I'd love to, uh, to help anybody out in any way that I can. Todd, I love, I love the name of your website too. Um, appreciate having you on, man. A lot of, lot of wisdom, a lot of nuggets here for a lot of the listeners. I know they're going to get a lot from this. And uh, again, just appreciate you having you here and, and doing what you're doing, man. Thanks, Dr. Vic. Appreciate you having me on, man. Thank you for listening to the podcast. For past shows, please visit www.empoweryourreality.com. I hope this show inspired you and added to your life to help you on the journey to rediscover who you really are. 
To connect with us on Facebook, please visit www.facebook.com forward slash Dr. Vic Manzo. Check us out on Twitter. The handle is Dr. Vic 21. Follow us on Instagram, www.instagram.com forward slash Dr. Vic Manzo. If you were inspired by the podcast, pay it forward by sharing it with someone who you know can benefit from it. Thank you again for listening to the Mindful Experiment podcast, sharing paths to help you rediscover your infinite potential. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. If you found this episode to be inspirational, pay it forward by sharing with someone that you know can benefit from this. If this is your first time tuning in, please follow us, connect with us so you don't miss another amazing episode. And until next time, keep rocking and rolling.